0: Quit playing games with our hearts. Hey, hey! what's going on? Welcome to the inaugural episode, full episode, of Quit Playing Games With Our Hearts. It is a very fun conversational podcast that myself, Blake, and my co-host, Dan. Dan, say what's up. What's up? We, uh, we decided to partner up and do this because we both are... I would say good friends. Is that, is that would you say we're, that's fair? We're good
1: friends. We're gamers. We're good friends. Yes. Um, we've been discussing some way to collaborate on a
0: show for. Ever. At least a year and a half. Yeah. Like. Since we, since we were like, what would happen if we actually left our KeyForge podcast and, <laughs> and came together and realized it was not a thing that was possible. So, yeah, um, yeah. yeah no, that's, got that is, a, yeah, I mean, I enjoy it. So, We wanted to to talk together and have conversations. I mean, we we regularly converse about the games we're playing anyways, uh, just amongst ourselves through Messenger and whatnot. But we thought, let's have this as an actual structured idea. Yeah, I miss talking
1: into a microphone. Um, So yeah, so kind of the aim of the show is it's just going to be monthly. It's not going to be super intense. Um it's just gonna be me and Blake talking about the games we're currently playing. That could be video games, card games, board games, whatever we might be gaming for that month. And we'll just kind of give you kind of a quick overview of the game, why we like it, why we think maybe you should play it or avoid it like the plague. Um, you know, just kind of just general us talking about games. So it's a very self-serving podcast, um, a little bit in that we're just talking about the games that we're playing, but I don't know. We have uh, there's there's places to grow and we'll just see how it kind of forms up. So
0: Yeah, we have, we have it. some uh, ideas that we've we've uh, percolated together, but we're not quite ready to reveal those yet. We're just going to take it one step at a time, see how things grow and and go from there. But yeah, we we got some some plans for the future, but for right now, we just want to share the games that we are playing and that are playing with our hearts.
1: I wish they would quit playing games with our hearts. Stop Seriously. It. <laughs> All right, Blake, let's hear your uh, gaming
0: background. How did you become the gamer you are today? Well, back in my my years, I was always a Nintendo guy. So that's kind of like my first <laughs> introduction to games. My Actually, brother. no. I guess... I guess Snakes and Ladders would be my first actual introduction to games, if I'm going to go way, way back, but we won't go that far back. Uh, Was always a Nintendo guy, and I think I started off with a Super Nintendo was my first gaming system, not an actual Nintendo. And so I've always just kind of been with the Nintendo scope of gaming systems until Sega Dreamcast came out, and I was one of those weirdos who got Sega Dreamcast (laughs) instead of a GameCube, which is so weird considering... Yeah, exactly. Uh, I I loved it. It was it was really fun to play. But uh, after that, I kind of got into music and I stopped playing games. So I had this like break. But in between then, I was actually uh, also playing uh, Magic when it first came out in the late 90s. And that was my first introduction to like a sort of competitive card game. So I played that for a little bit. And then again, music became a part of my life and whatnot. And I wasn't really gaming so much. And then Magic entered again in that reintroduced me to playing games of that nature. And it kind of just evolved from playing Magic for a while, hating it because of just the nature of spending so much money, constantly evolving, feeling somewhat degenerate in a way. Uh which made me then take up Pokemon, which is basically just same same, just with a different uh (laughs) platform, so to speak. So I played Pokemon cards for a while. And then Keyforge came into my life. And uh, that kind of took me to where I'm at today with starting to get introduced to a more sort of LCG format, just being introduced to Fantasy Flight Games, as well as having the fun of uh, playing other board games with friends as a result of, again, Fantasy Flight Games. And here I am now starting to play video games again a little bit. Nintendo Switch came into my life. So again, enter Nintendo. And then Dan, you entered my life and everything changed. Everything changed. Everything changed. I can't get into play any of the games that I'm playing, but maybe someday. <laughs> so was, what about you? That's that that's kind nice of my, my yeah,
1: yeah my brother. I was a Nintendo Nintendo guy too. Like that's nice. Uh, we never really talked about that before. Yeah, that's um, true. but yeah, I started I remember like going to my uncle's house and they had a Nintendo. And I've always I've always picked up games and games pretty quick. And, like, they were kind of amazed. They had this wrestling game that I would play with them. And, I mean, I won as much as they did, which they were shocked at because I was, like, four, four or five. But, like, I just, I don't know. Nintendo was was great for that because you only had two buttons. Like, it wasn't, (laughs) it's not modern day gaming where you've got 12 buttons with alternate, you know, alternate buttons that make other buttons do other things. So, it's a little bit simpler times. But they were always impressed. Um, My parents moved me. We moved from one town to another and a little broken up about it, but for Christmas, they made it up with a Nintendo with the power pad and the zapper pistol. It was like the full all three in one. It was so amazing. It came with Mario Brothers, Duck Hunt and World Class Track and Field and just messed around with that a bunch as a kid um so yeah nintendo i got a paper route when i was a kid so i could buy the super nintendo and then the n64 and then i broke off at the gamecube as well and i went for the xbox and i've kind of been xbox since then i haven't bought a nintendo system other than the uh, nintendo ds was the only system kind of in the middle there that i had that was actually a nintendo system yeah so So big Big background in video games when I was a kid I mostly played sports and racing games I was that kind of kid like the sports racing a little action didn't really get into Zelda which I mean I don't know I think it was maybe like the I know it's weird I was like I was I feel like I was an early trendsetter as the jock nerd like the person that played like three sports a year in high school but also when he wasn't practicing sports was like playing video games constantly like it was more rare back then I actually had a girl sign my yearbook in ninth grade where one of my friends put, Dan, you need to play less video games and get a life. And like he was totally <laughs> kidding because he was like the person I played with like every night. Like we were calling up on you know modems, like literally dialing each other's computer to play Command and Conquer online against oh, each yeah. other.
0: Good old days. And he
1: put that, and a girl wrote underneath it, Yeah, I totally agree. You should get out more. And I was like, oh. <laughs> oh brutal. Oh, but I mean, so video games has always been a big part. I've always been a video gamer um that actually died down a little bit when i got into magic i also went through a magic phase in college kind of late college into college also miniature war games i've always kind of been a board gamer my family's always big into board games so played those um i learned chess at a young age at like four or five i was playing my dad in chess and he was always kind of surprised too he'd try to talk me into bad moves and i wouldn't allow him to um board games the guy college like i got into like the more like euro games and more like serious board games i think beforehand it was more of the traditional family you know monopoly, monopoly and, stuff
0: and, like that yeah
1: stuff like that yeah. life like, i think i think that's
0: like a given like i think everyone whether you're a board gamer or not you you have like you can say that on your resume
1: yeah yeah my gateway to the another world of board gaming was settlers of Catan and college so this was like circa 2002
0: 2003 do you know i've um, never played that game
1: that's that's impressive next like time you people come down,
0: are always impressed that i've never ever played that game
1: it's i mean it's just like it was like one of the i feel like it was the gateway for a lot of us into like oh board games can be a little more complex and like have more decision points and you know um no next time you come down uh I'll amber actually enjoys playing it and we've got it so we'll make right. you play well, a round of it but yeah we were degenerates like we would trade futures like nobody's like wait you were trading futures? yeah like we would trade like one one tree now for a sheep the next time the person got a sheep like we were we were degenerates like we played a oh, ton wow. of it but that was super fun so board games card games I went through KeyForge as well um magic I liked modern and drafting those were my go-to's I would just draft and sell my um winning use my winnings and my draft cards to get more modern staples and then I just didn't play Magic for like a year and a half, and just realized I needed to sell my collection because it was just sitting in a backpack, not doing anything. But yeah, so I've kind of been through the gamut of different um, collectible card games and LCGs, Netrunner, all those fun things. Um, and yeah, and now today I have kind of made the full transition to a PC gamer. The life. Yeah, it's just nice. You don't you don't have to buy a console and then have another new version of the console come out six months later that makes you sad that you were an early adopter with your initial console. I get that. (laughs) And you can just kind of upgrade as you go. So that's been a fun project over the last like year and a half for my computer system.
0: Yeah, I I like constructed a full PC to be a PC gamer and do that stuff. And then I literally don't use it for, for PC gaming, like at all. (laughs) Playing, playing KeyForge online is, is the most I'm doing any sort of PC gaming. And I don't even think you can classify that that. that. poor poor computer. Hey, it it makes me sound good when I record. So that is, that is the other thing, but no, I, I have this star Wars Jedi fallen order just sitting there. The last game I played (laughs) on here was star Wars battlefront two, but you know what I will, this show will, will make me start playing games on here. Just just so we can have something to talk about now and then. So it'll it'll yep. work out. That's that's why I want to do this podcast, if I'm going to be honest. It's going to force me to do some things.
1: Good. Yes,
0: play some games.
1: All right, so with that transition, why don't you go over your first game that you're currently
0: playing right now? Okay, so the first game that I want to talk about is one that I uh, got actually quite recently. It's called Ni No Kuni, Wrath of the White Witch. It is a Nintendo Switch Japanese RPG done by Bandai entertainment in association with level five and uh the cool thing about this game is that it's uh it's definitely catered to a younger audience but the reason why i got this is that studio ghibli actually was the foundation for the animation for this and same with that it has the uh music done by renowned joe Hisashi. i hope i did not pronounce that too badly but uh, basically, the the person who did the scoring for almost all the Studio Ghibli movies, all the Totoros, Howl's Moving Castle, Spirit Away, all that stuff, and uh, those are some of my absolute favorite animations. So I, I really was drawn to this game based on that. And I and I have to say, when you're playing, like the score is just stunning. You get these animation breaks, which are like actual, like it's like you're watching a movie it's not game footage at all it's like totally animated in that japanese animation style so i absolutely love it and it's really quirky and fun i will say the battle system is not my favorite it feels just a little bit clunky with the like you're you're trying to like move using the joypad right And then you have to use the D-pad while you're moving, which is in the same place as your thumb is currently using, to alter through your, like, stuff you want to use. So if you're in the middle of a battle, you literally have to stop moving, which means you could get hit, and then alter, like, if you want to attack, defend, use one of your special abilities, use some of your items. So that's the one thing I don't like, but the actual gameplay is super fun, and it's just, it's really light and easy to do, so I, I really like it for that reason. What game uh, is your first game, Dan?
1: My first game is probably my main game right now, and that is Rocket League. Uh, It is by Psionic Studios, Epic Games. Um, I started playing December of 2019, so coming up on my second year anniversary of beginning to play the game. Uh, The game was actually released in 2015, so I built this mega PC for a game that's, you know, (laughs) almost uh, over six years old now um but yeah it's car soccer you're either 3v3 2v2 or 1v1 in the ranked modes they've got some custom modes where you can play basketball um 2v2 basketball is kind of fun um I don't know it's it's a grind though so this is a sports game that actually feels like a sports game and the reason that is is because you literally get what you put into it so when you first start you're terrible like you cannot control your car um your control's are just controlling your car you don't have like a pass button or a shoot button it's literally you just drive your car around an enclosed pitch so it's walls you can drive up the walls you can drive on the ceiling and then you can dodge so double jumping makes you either jump higher or you can dodge in a direction and just learning all these mechanics and just how to control your car then allows you to make cooler touches when you're hitting the ball, make more consistent touches, pass to your teammates. Um, Yeah, like (laughs) in the last two years, I have 1,100 hours logged on Rocket League via Steam. And I think I had between five and 700 hours on my Xbox before my computer was able to run it. So I'm almost 2,000 hours in. Um, When I first started, I kind of thought, I was like, you know, I'm a dad, I have two young children. And I don't have like a ton of time to just sit and play this game. So I think if I got up to the champ ranks, I'd feel pretty good. So it goes bronze, silver, gold, plat, diamond, champ, grand champ, and then the top like 0.3% of players can get supersonic legend. And I mean, I have no, <laughs> no, no dreams. dream big, Dan, dream big. <laughs> There's just no way I don't, you're not going to play enough to reach SSL, but I now it's like the last two seasons. Um, so the seasons are about a four month period, typically four to five months. And the last two seasons I've been scratching the bottom of champ. So I've gotten my champ rewards. I've won enough games as a champion to get the champ rewards and just feel really good about that. Um, And yeah, like I said, the reason I really, really like it is it's a social game for me. I started my own discord with my buddies. We've got about 16 people in there. There's probably about a core of about six or seven of us that are on pretty much every night. So any night, and these are a bunch of other, some dads, some younger guys, but um, pretty much like 9pm Pacific Standard Time, the kids are in bed. And I can hop on for like an hour, hour and a half and play with my buddies. We can do some 2v2 if there's just two of us or 3v3. Or there's even a casual mode if there's four of us that you play four and four. And it's just kind of silly and just fun to socialize. And that was really good during the pandemic days like that. I'm a a pretty social person. I like hanging out with people and car soccer was my way to get, you know, taste of that in a
0: socially distanced manner. That's cool. I actually like that. I think that's a that's a good reason to take up a game without a doubt.
1: Yeah. And yeah, like I said, I I enjoy games that have a high skill ceiling. And like I I said, I've almost put a 2000 hours into the game and I still just a pittance. (laughs) Yeah, like I can pull off some cool shots that I never, you know, that that are really cool, but there's still some like mechanics and different types of shots that I haven't even yet begun to work on. Cause I'm still trying to just work on consistency. So, I mean, yeah, there's a free play mode. That's kind of like my Zen. Like if I'm having like a tough day at work, I can just go for 15 minutes and free play. So it's just you and a ball in a, in a stadium and you can just hit it around and just practice dribbling, practice shooting, you know, it just, it's just kind of zen. Turn on some music, hop in there for 15 minutes and just feel better about myself at the end of it. Like yes, yeah, so that's that's my main game. That's the game I'm mostly playing pretty much anytime I have a chance to play games.
0: I like it. Uh, I, know, I know you're a fan of that because I clearly remember coming to your house and <laughs> walking through the door and you're being like... You're not first of all answering the door, someone else did. I think Amber did. And then you're literally playing a Rocket League game. And you told me to just sit there and wait when you hadn't seen me in like months. I was like, okay. This is the first time polite. playing with Beehawk,
1: the one and only Beehawk. Like I hadn't played with him before. This was, this was me getting my group of guys started. So Beehawk from Keyforge and Sanctimonious Days, uh, me and him have actually become quite good buddies as well. But yeah, it was like one of the first chances we got to play together. And I was so bad at that time. <laughs> now we're uh, now we're now we're on equal footing. I think I've caught up to
0: him a little bit. Well, that's good. But yes, your next game. So my second game that uh, I've been always enjoying. I dabble in and out of it here and there, and it's so much fun to play uh, for a variety of different reasons. And that is Marvel Champions by Fantasy Flight Games, created by Michael Boggs, Nate French, and Caleb Grace. <laughs> And uh, it's been trucking along through the pandemic with no problem. And it's a really great game because it can be played solo or you can play it with friends, which is really nice because uh, it's nice to have something that you can do by yourself that disconnects from technology. And that is the main reason why I picked up this game in the first place. Plus, I am a fan of the Marvel Universe. And it's, it's got a really nice self-playing system where if you've played any of the FFG, LCG games, uh, they have basically a system that exists where the villain or the enemy's deck kind of self-plays. And you just got to learn the system like as you go so you can feel comfortable and have a nice flow for the game. And you just execute your turn and just auto-play what happens. And it's, a, it's really fun, this game, because um, I've played all three of the LCGs that are big. So Arkham, Lord of the Rings and Marvel. I'd never got into game of Thrones. It was already dead and gone before I got to it. And the finale of the show made me have no desire to pick that up either. (laughs) And, uh, this one
1: halfway through the last season, the last half, Oh, you saved yourself major disappointment. That's, that's what I heard. So I never finished it for that reason.
0: Yeah. And, uh, I like this because it does not have as much involvement as the other games the other ones you you have like more campaigns it feels like you're you're getting into a great story which is awesome this one is a little bit more fun and fancy free so to speak you can just kind of hop in jam a game choose a villain and a scenario and just have some really fun thematic uh possibilities and it is a deck building game but there is a great resource uh the marvel i think it's uh DCB or CDB something like that where people post the decks they build and they give really nice descriptions also some people of how the deck wants to play so you can kind of just read that and get a feel so if you don't want to spend time deck building but you really want to enjoy a fun build they exist out there on the internet and you can just find them and then just get into the game right away and I used to deck build but I found it took a lot of time away from actually playing the game cuz you test, didn't work, redo, go back and tinker. Or mm-hmm. I found taking someone else's build and just enjoying the theme of the character and the gameplay, which is really fun, uh, really straightforward, was uh, better utilized in that format. So lately, I've just been doing fun thematic things like uh, going with uh, Agent Venom and Spider Woman as a uh, team up. Uh, you can play by yourself with a single deck or you can play like a two-player way where you actually two-handed pilot two decks to have a little bit more uh, interaction with your card pool, as well as um, just get into the enemy in different ways. Because sometimes when you're just playing one deck, the different aspect that you choose with it is uh, is maybe not the strongest in certain scenarios. So basically how the, the game works in a nutshell is you get to choose a Marvel hero. And with that hero, it has a set of cards that must be included in the deck. You have no control over it. And then you can choose one aspect, which is uh, aggression. Oh my goodness, I'm going to forget these: uh, energy, science, and leadership. That you can. Um, oh, and protection. Sorry, there's one more that you can that you can choose. Any cards within that pool have a maximum of three of any one card, unless stated otherwise. And you just choose one of those aspects to go with the cards there, plus the neutral aspect can be included, like most uh, of these LCG games. So it's a lot of fun, especially if you're a deck builder. It's It can be even more fun for you because you can try and find some cool things that come out or find some stuff on the internet like I do and just uh, have fun playing the game. So I really like this game just because it gives you that freedom to just buy yourself without anyone else play or bring some friends and play. And you can disconnect from technology, hold some cardboard in your hand and just jam away always a good time
1: or you can play you know on tabletop simulator with your friends Blake's gotten got me we have done that games yes. of it.
0: that is true that is not my preferred way to play but when I'm missing my my friends what can you do
1: <laughs> yeah, when you can bring together a Canadian a Californian and a Washingtonian yeah you know you, you use the tools you got
0: no indeed, it's fun indeed.
1: we have never won a game together but
0: I've actually, um, for those of you who know Strategic Dino, who is a token maker of known, he, um, him, and I actually, I knew him through Keyforge. I got my Keyforge tokens from him, and then afterwards, we actually became kind of buds, playing Marvel Champions and talking about all Marvel champion geek out stuff. And him and I have also played on tabletop simulator, and and we've we've done some damage. All right, well, since
1: you went with non-video version of a game, I will go with my non-video game, but I guess right. I'm playing it mostly on my phone, um, and that's chess. It's it's chess. I'm playing a lot of chess. Um, also playing that with Behawk uh, A couple other friends kind of have had some correspondence games going ever since Queen's Gambit. I'm one of the Queen's Gambit come-back-to-chess people. Um, I did play, like I said, I learned at a really young age how to play played a little bit off and on growing up. High school, had a couple buddies that we'd play, but like our high school didn't have a chess club. Or if they did, we weren't aware of it. Like, I'm pretty sure if they would have had a chess club, we would have been aware of it and probably have joined it. But, um, so I never really got into club play or anything.
0: Maybe you were just too cool for it, Dad. You said you were a jock, so I feel (laughs) like, It it was a weird
1: time, dude. Seriously, like it just was not an accepted thing that you, you know, like, yeah, this was like, you know, the late 90s high school days um bullies galore bullies yeah no it's it's true <laughs> <laughs> at least they weren't 80s bullies let's be honest <laughs> yeah yeah they you know they still wore the uh, same rock metal t-shirts though so i don't know if it was really any different but anyways um so chess so i didn't really studied studied chess like i wasn't learning openings or anything but i played with a couple buddies. Uh, We played quite a bit. I mean, (laughs) I was this weird, like, jock nerd kid because, like, we had a magnetic board that we'd carry around with us, like one of those little travel ones. We'd just pop up someplace, have a burger, and play a game of chess, like whatever. So I played quite a bit, but like I said, I never really studied. I didn't learn any openings or anything like that, but I watched Queen's Gambit. The first time through, I was like, oh, yeah, chess is a good game. Started playing some correspondence games, started kind of getting into it a little bit more. This was kind of during the waning days of my KeyForge playing. So I'm just like, Oh, it's so strategic and you have full information. Oh, and then you start learning openings and gambits and traps. And again, it's another complex game. And I've just said before that I really enjoy complex games. So yeah, for like the last year and a half, I've been studying chess, learning openings, um, watching a bunch of YouTube content from different IMs and GMs. Um, one of my favorite uh content creators is i am eric rosen uh he's just a super chill dude i literally actually go to sleep every night with his videos on and he's like aware of that like a lot of people do that because he's kind of like the bob ross of chess He's just like super chill he's not like overly excited and i don't know he just plays a lot of gambit and trap lines and he does a really good job of explaining like the hows and whys of the different moves and i feel like i've learned a lot by watching his videos and just watching him play chess and then yeah i've been doing a lot of tactics puzzles i've actually i signed up for a auto trainer that literally evaluates all the games you're playing and helps you work on your weaknesses like i'm going into this pretty hardcore at this point i really need to just probably start playing more games against random people to actually see where my rating ranks out at
0: i feel Um, like you should just actually start entering tournaments man come on
1: yeah, yeah, it would be fun. Over the board is really fun. Actually, my father-in-law was over the other day and actually got in a couple games with him and that was super fun to play over the board chess again.
0: Is um, that like IRL? Yeah, IRL okay. over the board, OTB. Yeah, sorry. I'm I'm not uh I'm not fluent in chess lingo, so you'll <laughs> have to spell it out for me. Yeah,
1: like right now, I I think I'm only like 11 or 12 games into rapid chess, which is like a 10-minute timer per side. And I'm like 1100 rated, which is pretty solid. Like it's not too bad. I think if I played a bunch of games, I feel like I can probably land in the 13 to 1500 range. Because I'm still making kind of some silly mistakes that I realize at the end. I'm still trying to get my head around like not having all day to look at a move.
0: What and does that mean though? Like What's what? That? What is these this ratings are saying? Like for our listeners who are like me, sure. Aaron, just complete rudes. So like fifteen
1: hundred would be considered like you're a club chess player. Like you know chess. You're pretty familiar. Like you're good. You're gonna beat anybody else that just walks up to a board and that doesn't really study chess. Um, eighteen to nineteen hundred, you're you're like serious about chess. Like you know most of the openings, and then like twenty four hundred, I think is like you can start getting like titles in front of your name. <laughs> Like, I don't aspire to that but I think I could land in like the 13 to 1500 range and if I really pushed it and kept on it I think I can maybe push my way to the 1800s. I would be pretty happy if I could get above that but yeah okay. that requires playing games and like like I said Rocket League's kind of my main go-to game but I will play chess. I, I I really enjoy just doing tactics puzzles and everything. So I've I've got like a 1500 rating in tactics puzzles right now and that just seems slowly keeps growing every day because as you complete them you gain points if you miss one up you lose points and yeah so and people typically say your um, tactics rating is usually about two to three hundred points higher than your actual play rating it's kind of the one of the chess hypotheses i've heard out there so i need to see how high i can push my tactics puzzles and just i just need to
0: play more games i need to play more games um, Fair, then, yeah. That sounds. That sounds like uh, all games we play, Dan. You just need to play yeah, more. Yeah, I just need to play more. Like <laughs> I've
1: a lot of my rapid games. Like I'll get in a good position in the middle game, and I'll just I won't convert it at the end. I've lost a couple of games that the computer has analyzed my game and said that it was a giveaway, and I'm like, yeah, I know, I felt it. <laughs> like, uh, you're it a non
0: closer, I see.
1: It's just not, yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but no, it's just something you have to work on, and I need to study end games a little bit more and um but yeah i'm really enjoying it i'm really enjoying chess it's it's kind of an amazing game too because it's like one of those games where i can it's like a game i can play with like my father-in-law if he comes over right you know it's not rocket league like hey grant you want to play some rocket league (laughs) like no
0: yeah (laughs) it's not gonna happen but hey
1: grant you want to play some chess yeah he's gonna play some chess so
0: It's like a generally socially acceptable game that you can easily get in with anyone type of thing. Like even if I came over and you're like, hey, let's play chess, I'd be like, sure. Even though you'd probably just roll me. But I still, it's not something I would be like, I don't know what you're talking about. We're not doing this. Yeah. But no. So I've
1: been playing a lot of chess, been just training a lot of chess. Anytime I have a few down moments or while I'm watching the kids or something, like I can just do some tactics puzzles and yeah, watching YouTube content in the evenings.
0: I like your dedication.
1: I just, I, I have this, I love complex games, and I love learning everything I can about them to become better. That is my
0: MO. Interesting. I like it. So... Right, you, um, your final game. My final game. So my final game is something that is near and dear to my heart. I'm closing out with Pokemon Alpha Sapphire for the Nintendo 3DS. And this is a late comer to the list because I literally just started playing this the day before we recorded this, which is... <laughs> you
1: and me's third games are like the same. Dude, we are... We, wow. We're in
0: sync. What can we, we say? We are in sync. Well, I actually had another <laughs> game, but I picked this up and it just had such a strong impact that I'm like, you know what? I'm rolling with this one because I can talk about the feeling. So for those of you who don't know, this is a Nintendo-created game, uh, Pokemon. And uh, it is so much fun for this one because it has a really great aspect to it since you can basically do this thing called, it's the, the Dex Nav. And it's really cool in Pokemon for the sense that you get to basically, once you've caught one Pokemon, it will show that it exists in the area you're in in some form. So you can do this thing where you scan for it and then it finds it for you if you get in the within the area, and then you have to like creep up to it, and you have to just slightly move the joystick, and you're like doing that like over, oh, you know the cartoon like creeping thing where it's like so over like emphasize that they're creeping with the big steps, and it's just it's such a riot to watch. And then you get this more powerful Pokemon, so it's great when you're trying to find like ones that have certain um, uh, traits or has a certain. Uh, like characteristic that you want to have it to just be more powerful in some way, or you're trying to, you know, really find certain stats for your Pokemon that you really like. It's really neat to just keep catching the same one over and over and doing that sort of grind, which I've never really done before. But my my friend convinced me to give it a shot with a relts. so I've honestly just been loving this game for that mechanic alone. Uh, it's it's super fun to play. It's it's got some 3D aspect in it as well on the 3DS, and I gotta say, like. Nintendo 3ds I think is so cool for the fact that it has 3d without glasses or anything and unfortunately it's just 3d as a thing that's died but I think that system really captured it in such a unique way that I absolutely love
1: yeah I always I was always on the fence I was super close to getting a 3ds a few times because I played my DS so much
0: oh man I it's honestly it's it's one of the coolest things and Pokemon is like I've like, so when I said I stopped playing video games, the one thing I forgot to mention is that I always had a DS with Pokemon. It is the one video game that has been like a straight up constant in my life. So yeah, that's, that's all I'm going to say about Pokemon Alpha right. Sapphire. I highly recommend it, but it's been the one constant in my life to the point when I first started playing it when I was a kid uh, on Game Boy, I was playing it like so much the original Pokemon. <laughs> is,
1: this is going to be crazy. All right. What was the first Pokemon game that
0: you played? Was Blue. Ah, No, I know yours was red because I always choose blue because of Chelsea and you always choose red because of Nebraska. Yeah, exactly. I already already knew the answer to this. I already knew we were not (laughs) going to be on the same here.
1: Yeah, that's funny. (laughs) My brother, Game Boy Color. I was actually playing uh, Pokemon Red with AV via my Super Nintendo with the Super Game Boy adapter in our garage.
0: We've spent a couple nights doing the early game there. Nice. She likes to name them. Oh, that's that's awesome. Yeah, Pokemon's such a universal game. Like it's liked by all genders. It's a really, I think it's like one of those things where you almost like there's a period in your life where everyone grows up with Pokemon to some degree. But I gotta tell you the story when I was a kid, I played it so much that my mom took me to the doctor and tried to get the doctor to say that I was getting sick from playing Pokemon too much. <laughs> and the doctor was just like, I can't say that because that's not true. And I can't just lie for the sake of your like parenting basically. <laughs> it was pretty funny. So yeah, nice. Pokemon is something that's always near and dear to my heart. My day one is Bulbasaur for all my grass types out there. <laughs> but for this game, I actually chose a fire type because I never choose fire type in the last couple of Pokemon games. I've chosen fire type, so that's been a, a weird change for me. I must be maturing or something. Who knows? Or maybe <laughs> I'm going so crazy. Hot.
1: It's so hot. So what's your I... last game, Dan? <laughs> Mine feels kind of like a letdown. Like you have this like very nice Pokemon and. Uh, I guess chess was kind of that for me. That was an early age game that's kind of stayed with me. All right. Well, I've got 12 minutes.
0: Um, I'm excited to actually hear about this one. When I saw your notes on this, I was like, okay, I'm actually kind of intrigued by this game, especially what you wrote and how new it is.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, it was literally released August 19th of 2021. So it's just released, I don't know, like a week and a half ago, <laughs> like super recently from when we were actually recording this. It's the publisher Annapurna Interactive. It is listed as a top-down interactive thriller game, and so I'd kind of describe it. So you've got a top-down view, so you're kind of it's almost Simsy a little bit in the way that you're seeing everything. You're kind of looking at it from over the top, and so it's a point-and-click adventure. So you literally just play with a mouse—that's all you need—or a controller. A controller seems like it would be super tedious. I can't imagine playing on a controller, but you can. It's on all the systems. Um. Yeah, like kind of the big trials for me. I saw one of my friends playing it. And then I saw voice talent, James McAvoy, Daisy Ridley, and William Defoe. And I was like, huh. Ooh, baby. right, That's a heady list there. It is a heady list. I'm like, those are are some actors. Like, those are some actually named people. Like, if they're involved with it, they must have some funding. So the game should be pretty solid. Uh, The premise of the game is 10-minute loops. It's called 12 minutes, but it's... It's anywhere between 10 and 12 minute loops in which your character remains or uh, your character is stuck in this 12 minute loop of their life. They come home from work. Their wife has a surprise dessert for them. And then just the 12 minutes play out. And then sometimes something bad happens. Sometimes nothing happens. It was just, I don't know. I don't want to give too much away, but it resets. But everything you learned in the previous loop, your character retains going forward, but nobody else does in the game. And so there's just the three main characters. So there's yourself, your wife, and a cop that shows up and accuses your wife of murder. And so it's just running these loops over and over again, trying to get down to why the cop's accusing your wife of murder. Did your wife actually murder? All this kind of stuff. So at the beginning, it's super fun. Like you're kind of uncovering these things. Like I said, it's point and clicks. You're finding like you can pick up different objects around your apartment. You can combine them to do different things or you can use them in different ways to try different things. And there's just a bunch of little puzzles. And yeah, it was like super fun. Like literally this game can probably be completed in about 10 hours or less like is not like a meaty game by any cha- by any means um but yeah towards the end I kind of read some reviews after I finished it I was kind of like up on it but like as I was kind of getting towards the end to the like kind of final credits ending there's different endings you can hit throughout the game but the final like credits one that resets your game it was getting a little tedious <laughs> I was really fighting the urge to just, you know, not just to not stop going through the same loop over and over again and just going to like Google and finding out what I'm supposed to actually do to end the game. So yeah, I read some reviews and (laughs) it's not being hailed as like the most amazing game. Like some people are like, yeah, you know, it's fun. Like the story is pretty interesting. There's a pretty major twist in the middle of the game that, uh, (laughs) it's something uh the game's kind of dark what are you so doing you got to be aware of that um but yeah like i enjoyed it like based on the reviews i've read like they've suggested some other like time loop type games that apparently do it better and so now i'm kind of excited because i kind of enjoyed it like the whole puzzle aspect of it was really fun i kind of enjoy that i kind of like the bite-sized nature of it um like i said i've got you know, almost 2,000 hours in Rocket League, but I like that one because it's social. I'm typically playing with other people where I'm just working on getting better and, like, that's fine to me, but, like, I don't know, RPGs and games where you can, like, pump in 200 hours by yourself, like, with nobody else don't appeal to me as much anymore. Like, I just haven't been on those. I'd rather be playing a game where I can be playing with somebody else. So, yeah, the fact that it's, you know, like, a 10-hour game is kind of nice that you can just complete it and be done with it um if you're interested in the game it is on the game pass so shout out to our boys at microsoft i guess and if you haven't done their game pass before you can do their ultimate game pass for one dollar for a whole month and just play
0: this game in like two days
1: because that's what i did
0: did you find just like the repetitive nature of like doing the same thing kind of and starting over like it got it 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 lost yeah because it's a little tedious like
1: collecting some of the stuff you needed to collect like in order to Get, you know keep progressing each time you had to go pick up these three items go to this place and pick up this item you know like you're just doing so it's almost like thing. A,
0: a roguelike game but without the the progression where you suddenly have better things as soon as you start
1: right oh well, it's it, yeah it's very much like a roguelike it, it, you're, you're retaining the knowledge like you don't have to get everything every single time but then like based on something you learn in one loop it unlocks new like um conversation trees gotcha so you have to do like everything over the same way again to see what the other options lead to do they give you more information that you need or do they just make somebody mad and make it end poorly and then you have to do everything all over again so yeah but it is kind of cool like i found out from the buddy that was playing it we got to one point in different manners like i figured out one thing to push the story ahead and he did it a different way that never even occurred to me and sounds super tedious but <laughs> 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 he managed to do it so that was that was clever of him I tried a couple times to figure out this one point but I managed I guess to find a clue down the road that I wasn't supposed to run into yet just from snooping around but yeah so it's kind of fun like I said it's super fun if you're playing with like and you know somebody else that played it so you can kind of compare notes. Like it was kind of fun every time I kind of hit another checkpoint, kind of checking in with him, being like, "Hey, I did this and it made this happen." So that was kind of fun. So I, you know, I turned my little short game into a social game. Cool, very but cool. Yeah, I would, I would recommend if you like point and click adventures, puzzle games. I think it was fun, and especially like, like I said, if you do the game pass for like a dollar for a month. Um, it's great. I don't know, like everybody that reviewed it on Steam is like, uh, twenty five dollars is too much for this. Wait for it to go fifty percent off or something. Like,
0: there is just oh, wow. not enough
1: there for it to be twenty five dollars. So, and I can I can totally understand that. Like I said, I paid a dollar to play it. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, then that makes sense for you, doesn't it? And you fe- yeah, beat one, it in a day. So one dollar for next? like ten hours of entertainment seems seems pretty good. Yeah, it seems a Return on investment. Like I enjoyed it. It was. Like I said, yeah, it's it's got me. There's two other games I'm gonna look into. Maybe I'll cover them on later later episodes. And I don't, I can't think of them now, so I'm not gonna say them. But I'm kind of excited. There's there's one that where you're in ancient Greece, which looks really cool. It's another time loop game, but in that one, as you move things forward, apparently you can assign somebody to do some of the mundane tasks that you already figured out, so that way you don't have to keep redoing the same thing over and over and over again.
0: Cool. Yeah, that sounds, actually, that sounds, I like the the time period too of that. Yep. So maybe coming, coming in next month, maybe I'll have played that one through. Ooh, what games? I, I feel like now I need to start preparing <laughs> my gaming exploits just so I can plan for an interesting conversation with you right? next month. Well, I'm kind of yeah, excited kind about of that too, thing. because
1: I mean, honestly, I could probably talk about Rocket League and chess every month and my like progress and maybe there'll be yeah, like, of progress updates. Yeah, that'd be like
0: me choosing to talk about KeyForge. <laughs> obvious easy yeah obviously layups
1: but yeah i i think but we this won't do help that because i have a pile of shame like my my steam library my epic games library my origins library like all these free games that they always give away i keep picking you know every time they have a free game i always claim it because i'm like ah you know it's free and like yeah i just need to start playing some of these because i feel like a lot of them are kind of in that like 10 to 30 hour type games that you can right. complete in a few play sessions. Well, not a few, like more than a few, but just I nothing you're that's saying. gonna
0: take months to beat. Right. Yeah, that's uh, that's cool, man. I like it. All right. So I guess it's gonna do it for this first week, eh?
1: No, in future episodes, I think we might put something in like, just like games that really stand out in our past, like games that really made us the gamers we are. Um. But yeah, not this one. This one already went a little long with kind of the intro and our gaming backgrounds. But
0: yeah, yeah. we'll probably stick to this. Like forty-five minutes, I think, is what you can expect uh, in the thirty to forty-five minute range. It's a nice, digestible, not dragging on sort of idea. Although we may start doing that now, you never know. Um, <laughs> I do like to talk. But yeah, yeah, I have to cut down off constantly. There's there's a whole bunch of stuff that got edited out of this like show that you guys didn't even get to hear. So just know that he does oh, Blake's Bathroom breaks. <laughs> but you yeah that's gonna do game. it hey hey enough of that okay jeez, <laughs> you're in full <laughs> control here it's true but i'll probably leave it all so um that's <laughs> okay. gonna do it for this first week um we'd appreciate it if you know anyone who you think would love this uh just tell them about it share it on your socials even it would be amazing uh we are currently pretty much on all the major listening stations Uh, we're just waiting for apple to come through so it may or may not have happened by the time you hear this but uh if you can leave a review on apple and just let us know what you think whether good or bad is all good uh preferably good though please and uh that would (laughs) make things uh really helpful for us getting this out and as we said this will be a monthly podcast that just is something fun to listen to if you're in the gaming world and we're open to suggestions if there's a game that you think we should play uh, hit us up which you can't do right now but we'll figure out a way to make that oh Twitter Twitter you we can have Twitter it. yeah Dan what's the Twitter
1: it's at QPGWOH
0: nice Quit nice and easy to remember yeah so please uh, contact us there I know Dan will be hot on the presses with responding but yeah let us know your thoughts and uh, maybe share some of your stories as well we'd love that yeah All right, well, uh, everyone, quit playing games and get back to work. (laughs) How'd you know?